2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And good morning or good afternoon, wherever you might be in California, where I am. It is 10 o'clock in the morning, so uh, this is the uh, ACB History Book Discussion Group for February 15th, and we are discussing discussing the book, um, The Unseen Minority, A Social History of Blindness in the United States by Francis A. Kessler, K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R, and that is Francis A. Woman, F-R-A-N-C-E-S, Copyright 1976 by uh, AFB, American Foundation for the Blind, and that is the Bard version of the book. And the 2004 version of the book, edition of the book, can be found through Bookshare. And uh, the basic only difference between the Bookshare and the Bard book is that the the bookshare has the bibliography, some notes, um, at a an index, um, and it has uh, uh, some timelines up through uh, maybe two thousand three, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, this morning with us. Streaming is Larry Gassman. Thank you, Larry. And our wonderful, capable host is Diane Scalzi. And thank you, Diane. And if you wouldn't mind giving the information that we always give uh, for muting, unmuting, raising hand, etc., I'd appreciate it. Okay, don't mind at all. Thank you, Christy. And um, of course, remember especially if you're new to the call that uh, all of these calls are recorded. And so if you want to be able to unmute, you have to hit the got it button. Sometimes it'll be on the main screen. um, When you come in, sometimes it seems like you have to go to a different window, but just look for the got it button and um, press enter on that so that you can unmute. Uh, Now to raise your hand, on a PC, it's Alt-Y. To unmute, it's Alt-A. On a Mac, uh, <clears throat> on a Mac, Option-Y. To raise your hand, 
Command Shift A to unmute. On a smartphone, um, raise your hand under the more button, which is on the lower right corner of your screen. Uh, double tap that and then swipe until you find the raise hand button and double tap again. And then to unmute, it's going to be uh, in the lower left corner of your screen. On a touchtone phone, it is um, star nine to raise your hand and star six to unmute. And that that's all of them. Um, thank you, Christy, okay. back to you. Thank you. Okay, so as usual, uh, I'd like to discuss up to chapter 26. So um, chapter 26 and 27 were relatively short. Not sure how much, you know, how many people got there. Um, actually talked a lot about uh, things with AFB and um, kind of where uh, we are going, um, well, from the early 70s, which is like 45 years ago that this book was published. Um, the first time. So, um, you know, a lot of people did not read um, chapter uh, 24 and 25 last week. So hopefully you caught up. And uh, can we talk about what your take on everything up to chapter 26? Please raise your hands. So far, I have no hands. I see that nobody's brave enough to raise <laughs> hands. Well, some of the things that I um, picked up uh, were a lot of public laws were passed. Um, a lot of um, innovations happened. Um, I was uh, I was um, surprised at the number of things that were begun in the early uh, 1900s or the late 1800s um, that didn't really take until the 1950s and 1960s. And uh, so um, I guess I'm going to open it up and just ask people if you read, regardless as to how much of the book you read, what would you like to talk about? What are your takeaways from this book? Um, what are the, the things that it you you were surprised about, or you think maybe she didn't include some things that could have been included in this book. Hey, Roberta has her hand up. Hey, Roberta. Hi. Um, Hi. Couple of things. I so I I, I, don't, I didn't know if I, maybe I missed it, so I went back and sort of spot read through some of the different chapters. I didn't. I saw 
several chapters that talked about specific bodies of knowledge, like they talked about O&M and the evolution of O&M and cane training. I did not recall seeing anything in there about rehab teaching. Did I miss it? Um, actually, in chapter 26 and 27, um, there was a bit about rehab teaching. Yeah, and, a bit. Um, be, because um, basically it was a new body of, of uh, education, a new body of, of knowledge. And um, I, I actually was kind of surprised too. They did talk about how, um, you know, blind people have been teaching blind people forever. Um, they talked about how the, um, some of the schools were recruiting, um, but people didn't even have an education. It was just because they had learned and they taught kind of down the line what they had learned. Um, and then there started being some schools of education uh, in sort of the body of, of teaching and the body of, of social, social work. Uh, and, uh -huh. right. and, and, but if the book, if the book basically covered things up through 1972, then it missed, I mean, in the early 60s, 60, 61, 62, that's when rehab teaching was um, established as a, as a title, they, 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 that, that the profession of home teaching got a title, a, a more, a more professional title of rehabilitation right. teaching, right. and and they missed. I mean, they missed the whole, the whole history of what happened up until seventy two in terms of university training and. Well, did you read chapter twenty six and twenty seven? I did. Okay, because I because they just kind of touched on it. It wasn't a whole lot. It was in right. there. It was right. in there, and it's also. Um, recorded in the um the listings of for fact they have a big uh, section of o m on its own they have um in the in the by what do you call that the timeline, the timeline they have yeah. they have the um they have um ophthalmological and optometric um things in one category they have uh rehab teaching and um yeah. okay uh, in another category and they have um the o and m uh um uh kinds of things that happened in another um in another section so they okay. broke things down in the in the timeline into like five or six different sections and categories um so yeah so they did that and you know they really talked about how basically um i know i graduated from high school in 1971 and things were barely kind of getting started in like 68 to to 72 and then in the timeline it showed where uh, a, a lot more things started happening in like the 80s, 84. Um, the closed circuit television 
was not introduced um, commercially until 1970. I was surprised at that. Um, you, you know, mean, I, I'm totally blind, but uh, my husband is is legally blind, and and I know of people that have started using the CCTVs. They talked about the Opticon and the invention of the Opticon, but they mentioned another one that was a music-based tones that told the letters, um, like in 1934. Fascinating. Yeah. So. In the in the in the uh, in the more up to date uh, book, the one that came out in the early two thousands, did they basically only add the timeline, or did they yes. did they add more regarding no. what what has happened since? No, no, everything was completely the same, except they added basically the timeline and hmm. the and the index and um, the bibliography. Interesting. And and in the timeline, um, they mention uh, some books and page numbering. So I think the bibliography is just the same. I didn't go through it. Is okay. there anyone else who would like to uh, make a comment? Thank you, Roberta. Thank you. Oh, we have no hands raised. Good morning, Alan and Nellie. I'm looking for Livy. She's usually on here, but she's not. So, um, so I'm going to pick on people. Beth, did you get to finish reading this book? Who? Beth. Oh, uh, no, I haven't finished it yet. Okay, how far did you get through in this book? I'm getting there, though. Um, <laughs> 20, uh, 20, 25. 25, okay. I started 25. Why do they call uh, us the loneliest people? Uh-huh, yeah, the loneliest people on about the deafblind. And, oh, and, yeah. and actually, I think in this book, there were, was a lot, um, in the timeline, they talk a lot about um, things that happened, like when they changed the name of the asylum, whatever, the to Gallaudet. Um, um, the Helen Keller Center didn't even get started until after Helen Keller died um, in 68. Um, so... What do you do? You, do you think, um, Beth, that this? Are you going to finish this book, even though we've, you know, yes, we're of course. We're okay. Of course, I'm not one to put down a book uh, without finishing it. You know, curiosity killed the cat. You know, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Hey, you have two hands. I, okay. Who? First is who, Alan. Okay, Alan. I would like to say, as teaching methods and uh, technology evolves, and the stigmatization has been taken away from from a silent to blind, uh, things was a lot uh, was a lot better for blind individuals. 
I'm sorry. What was a lot better for blind individuals? I'd say as technology evolved, you know, such as uh, the closed circuit TV at that time, uh -huh. plus uh, teaching methods that were then available and rehabilitation started to take off for teaching blind individuals other than just uh, Braille, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was reading um, about how, um, and, and I really would like um, Nally to speak to this about counselor teacher services. Um, but in 1970-71, that was begun, but we're still having problems today, um, especially because um, counselor teacher services um, is a national service. And basically, when they took away the counselor teacher services, um, they um, so many people are are without uh, ability to to learn. Um, and 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 I will open it up. Uh, I'd like to say also, Christy, at the discouragement of Braille uh, reading and yeah. writing, uh, that's yes. another problem we're going to face. If we're not literate, we are not going to be employable. Right. Yes. This is Nellie. Okay. Um, was there any? Uh oh, I yeah, there am is going to have a problem. I think I'm going to have to sign for something right now. Oh, no. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, um, you do have a hand. Okay. Um, Musi Allard. Okay. Musi and then Nellie. Okay. Oh, good. That, that was that was so wonderful. Now everything is just so amazing, you know, the technology. But I wanted to comment on Jennings Randolph had a bill for rehab, but Nixon vetoed it. And I want to investigate that more. If anyone knows anything about what was in that bill that Nixon didn't want. Yeah, I I don't know, and I'm thinking he was thinking it was too expensive, and it and and we weren't worth it basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay, anyone else before I ask Nellie to kind of talk about this counselor teacher kind of stuff? All right, go ahead, Nellie. Nellie? Okay, here I am. Okay, okay. I'm muted again. I don't know how that happened. Wow. Um, but um, so before I talk about the counselor teacher uh, topic, I want to talk about uh, the CCTV. And I was uh, one of the early users of the CCTV. Um, Sam Janinski. Um, was the inventor and he uh, definitely did a wonderful thing for people who had who were legally blind but had partial vision and um and needed uh, magnification in order to um, have better access to to reading print and um so um i became employed as a 
medical uh, transcriptionist in 1973. And um, in order to proofread um, the material that I had typed as I was being trained as a transcriptionist on the job, um, I had to go through a lot of printed material and um, my rehab counselor um, purchased a CCTV for me and it was really a godsend uh, because I was able to learn how to um, read very fast on the CCTV and be able to uh, proofread um, material. And, um, you know, without that, um, it, my job would have been um, immensely difficult and I probably would not have been able to, uh, you know, meet the the quota of, of production that they had for transcriptionists at the time. You had to, you know, put out a lot of work. Yes. At, and it had to be accurate. Um, so um, about the counselor teacher program or the rehab teacher program, I know that in California, it was um, established within the uh, uh, State Department of Education. And um, seriously, I think that um, it, um, it should be uh, associated with education rather than rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the reason that in California it was changed from the Department of Education to the Department of Rehabilitation is because um, it was felt that the uh, counselor teachers uh, were being very underpaid and they uh, wanted to create parity with the salaries of the rehabilitation counselors at the time. And so they moved the counselor teacher program into the Department of Rehabilitation. And even though salary wise, um, it was a benefit to the to the teachers, um, I think it was a, a really big um, political mistake uh, to do because uh, then they were in competition with the rehab counselors and uh, eventually the program got phased out. But um, during, uh, when I was hired in uh, 1977, I was hired as a temporary because the um, um, office where the vacancy existed had exhausted the list and nobody had the qualifications that were needed for a counselor teacher, one of which was they needed to have um, a knowledge of Braille. And so um, I was interviewed and subsequently hired um, as a um, temporary, which gives you nine months of employment in that status, and then you have to uh, promote into a permanent position by taking the state exam and um, and qualifying high enough to be able to be picked up by your by your district, and um, so that's um, that's what I did, and that began my my career with Department of Rehabilitation. But um, what was just um, such a wonderful thing about the uh, counselor teacher program was that one had an opportunity to 
meet face to face with individuals who had just recently lost their vision, who were totally um, clueless about uh, what resources existed in the community, how they could function independently in their own homes without vision, um, how one could travel, and all of the things that you know that that we as as blind people need to know. Um, they did not. And so I had the opportunity within, you know, the scope of, you know, what that job permitted to um, teach people uh, skills that they needed to know at home and uh, provide information and referral and get them signed up with the, uh, um, the uh, talking book library program um, and do a lot of things um, that were not necessarily covered by Department of Rehab, but existed out there in the community that people could take advantage of. And it was so, um, um, you know, I felt that I was, you know, giving, you know, what I could give to these people, but also I was getting from them um, seeing the, the growth and the progress um, and how uh, this was life-changing for these people. And now it doesn't exist in California. It, it doesn't exist nationally, I don't believe. Well, no, but there's uh, some states have uh, some programs where they do uh, provide services, um, you know, beyond the OIB program. I, I know Texas does. Yeah, and Arizona does, and there's a few others that do, and uh, but but we don't, and and uh, and, and, and that's a crime. There's yes, and and this is a good of people that need to have services. Right, and this is a good reason. Um, the some of the reasons why some of the states are able to provide more services is because of um, having commissions for the blind. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, um, that's a, a good reason to have something that's just where people who are blind and visually impaired can, can register in that agency because there's so many other things. Um, the commission can make sure that, you know, people have the counseling they need that people can have the education, the vocational uh, aspect, um, follow-up, um, um, and, and it's really um, too bad that, you know, we don't have more commissions. Um, in your, um, and Diane, if anyone has their hand raised, let, let us know, but Nellie, in your, um, in your, tenure as a counselor teacher, did you have very many people who then after they were trained by you and given the appropriate counseling and, and skills, did you have um, people who then went on to uh, become employed? Yes, um, I did. And um, I had um, one individual who um, was um, a teacher in India, and they 
they had emigrated to the United States and uh, um, there was just no understanding of how to function without vision. And this person, um, I, I taught them everything that I was able to teach them. And then they went on to the, uh, uh, at the time, Foundation for the Junior Blind uh, VIP program wow. and completed that. And that person um, uh, went back to school and got an American master's degree in teacher for the visually impaired and teacher for the uh, um, significantly disabled and went back to work um, as a, a special ed teacher. That's wonderful. And then there was, um, you know, another individual who, after becoming totally blind, went went back and um, um, went to junior college, went to Cal State San Bernardino, um, became an educational counselor, and another person who um, went and, and became a rehab counselor. So, yes, there were several. There mm -hmm. were several who, who became employed, the younger ones. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a large number of um, people who were over 65. And um, so those folks um, did not go back to work, but they got more active in the community and, and would go out of the home and do things. And I had uh, a couple of older ladies who um, uh, they had played golf all their life and they were trying to figure out how to be able to continue to play golf. Well, I didn't know how to help them with that, but but they gained the confidence to try it and found that they were able to do it even though they were low vision. And, oh, that's cool. And continued, they were like in their 80s and continued to enjoy playing golf. <laughs> so cool. yeah, it was, it was a, a, a great opportunity for people as, as it was for me. That's awesome. Christy, it is now uh, 1.30. Or okay. Okay. Um, so does anybody, uh, Nellie, thank you for your, your great um, input there. And your, I love to hear your experiences. Um, does, and my husband was a counselor teacher uh, before he became a vocational rehabilitation counselor. And and he also had, um, he did a lot of orientation and mobility teaching. Um, and he also had people who uh, became employed um, and was able to keep uh, some older folks out of uh, institutions. Um, so they, they were able to stay in their own homes. Some of them, you know, stayed with family, but some of them, lived on their own, um, which I think is, is wonderful because I, I see a lot today of people who are not left alone, um, shipped around from family member to family member um, because they lack skills or um, even, you know, they live in um, nursing facilities. Um, and it's not necessarily the... Um, the best place for them. Uh, so does anyone else have any ending comments about this book? I just want to say that on page 
559, it mentions, it starts mentioning the uh, NFB and the ACB. And um, in, in, this, in this chapter 27, you know, they talk about where, do, where will we go from here? And, um, and so um, so they talked about um, the accreditation process. Um, NFB was No, what's happening? You're fading out or something. You're oh, okay. Francis, Francis was saying, is that better? Yeah. Francis was saying, Francis Kessler was saying that, um, you know, we needed some type of, uh, of, of regulation um, because so many things were just being done by happenstance. And there were so many, um, there were so many, different ways of doing things. It's just like the Battle of the Dots. You know, we finally adopted Braille um, and the definitions of, of legal blindness. And I know people were people don't like the term legal blindness and she mentions it in this book, but um, the um, American Ophthalmology, um, can't say it, Ophthalmological Association uh, uh, came up with the the definition of legal blindness in I believe it was 1934 it was the 1932 to 1934 they were addressing it and it actually was the um, the definition that was adopted by the Social Security Administration in 1935 when the Social Security Administration Act was passed and so. You know, I'm wondering um, nowadays about revisiting that um, definition because there are so many uh, other, you know, causes of blindness. Um, so many, a lot of back then they were saying that, you know, things were getting, um, people weren't getting vaccinated. Well, we still have people that don't want to vaccinate their kids. And um, this can lead to uh, vision loss because of, of sicknesses and diseases. Um, they, they talked about, um, you know, learning Braille. Um, you know, a lot of folks aren't learning Braille. And even if you, you might have a, a degenerative condition, um, the focus is on, yes, you can learn Braille, but we're going to discourage you from learning Braille. So people with optic um, nerve atrophy or other um, conditions that may um, have a degenerative effect, um, they're, they're not being equipped um, in, in, an, in an appropriate manner. And um, it's so much easier to use speech that people think they can get along in life without learning Braille and they can't read print. And so I, I, I stick to my, um, 
my definition, that's that's illiteracy um, because you don't have the ability to immediately see the word, touch the word, feel the word, know if you've spelled it wrong or not. Um, but anyway, um, she talked about how um, 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 how the accreditation process um, would encourage weaker agencies to upgrade their practices uh, to be more um, uniform and acceptable. Um, and then she talked about liquidation or merger, and we see a lot of uh, that kind of thing happening and uh, name changes of magazines. Um, um, I was surprised to know that the Journal of Blindness and Vision Impairment um, is the old Outlook magazine from AFB. Um, you know, it, it's, it's got a new trendy name, in it, but it's been around for a long time. Um, we, you know, heard, learned about the Matilda Ziegler magazine and um, William Holmes, who had a blind brother, and um, E.M. Matilda Ziegler, whose son was blind, um, and how that, she called it the Horatio, Horatio Alger story where um, uh, Mr. Holmes, Walter Holmes had, I said William, but it's Walter, Holmes had uh, read a grant proposal for uh, people of differing disabilities and wrote to E.M. Ziegler, how come you're not including the blind on this? And she said, you know, yeah, well, okay, I, I don't mind doing that. Then she said, with your editorial expertise, why don't you become editor of the, the magazine? They were going to call it just the Ziegler magazine. And he said, no, we want to make sure you know that a woman was behind this. And then we have um, other women like Mary Switzer and Mary Campbell, uh, who was briefly married to uh, Charlie Campbell, who was editor of the Outlook. But Mary had, you know, uh, a whole credentialing of her own. Um, anyway, she talks about um, um, she talked about how accreditation was not the only answer, but we have to have um, room for private and religious and other organizations uh, to be able to fill the voids. Um, and then, uh, Um, she talked about how a logical source of problem solving could be the blind people themselves. However, um, then she mentioned um, the National Federation of the Blind and how um, I, if, if you don't do anything more, I really like her description of uh, the difference between the National Federation of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind and how um, the National Federation of the Blind had to finally 
succumb, I guess, to working with other agencies like the American Foundation for the Blind. Um, and um, it talked about how ACB and NFB are basically focused on broad national issues rather than locally, uh, local issues of local concern. Um, and that's why it's really important for us to be involved in our, uh, our communities and our, our statewide chapters um, and other, um, uh, other affiliates that take up causes like guide dogs or like Braille, um, uh, Braille Revival League or um, the um, uh, Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss for Older Folks. Um, um, guide Dog Users Incorporated. Um, and even though a lot of states have affiliates, but some don't, um, states have their own um, organizations. Uh, I know um, I'm working on starting uh, California Diabetics in Action and hoping one day it will affiliate with um, the um, California Council of the Blind and the um, ACV Diabetics in Action. Do we have um, people? Yes, we hands? have two raised hands. First is Alan. Okay, Alan. I'd like to say, Christians, reading this book with so many aspects to blindness uh, and all the improvements that we still have, we still are going to have to advocate for ourselves to get the things we need in the various legislatures or whatever, uh, we still have to keep doing those type, kind of things, be more organized. Yeah, I think it's more important now than ever because people aren't joiners and people don't want, you know, I wanna, I wanna reap the benefits, but I don't wanna do the work. Thank you, Alan. Okay, uh, Beth is next. Beth? I think it is important too that we need to uh, advocate for ourselves, but um, sometimes we do need the help of a, of a national office because like we don't have a state affiliate. Uh, you know, you've heard me say that before. And uh, when I ran into a bad situation, NFB wouldn't help me. You know, they said, well, we don't get involved in stuff like that. And that was a local issue. Yeah. And uh, I had just gone to that rehab center because of a blood toxicity issue. It had nothing to do with blindness or anything like that. But um, decided people sell Medicaid money and they kept sabotaging you, you know, and uh, and I hated that. I resent it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I, so I, I called ACB and they, they finally, you know, they did help me uh, get out of there uh, with the help of another paralegal that was uh, from Texas, not even from New Mexico. Then another thing I wanted to say too is that um, they've talked about that with even the sighted people from here. Um, a lot of our youngest, and we don't have a counselor teacher program here 
And if we did, the blind people that get their teaching degree, since nobody will really want to hire you here in, in New Mexico, I don't know, like colleges or schools, you know, they procrastinate or use different excuses why they don't. Well, people just often leave the state. Right. And yeah. then they complain about, oh, our youngest people and leave the state. Well, you know, I think you all brought that on. I think neighbor, not the blind people themselves, but I think people, they brought that on themselves by not hiring them. And, and then uh, our commission doesn't really advocate for us either, you know. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, Beth. Um, thank you. Any, anyone else have a last minute before we uh, put this book to bed? Uh, Teresa? Okay. And then I was wondering if, Livy, if you have anything to say. Go ahead, Teresa. Well, I'm new, so I have not read the book, but something was brought up um, about information for people that are have just recently lost their sight and that there's no help. I had experience with that, that when I started losing my sight, that the doctors didn't tell me who to contact. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't know who was out there. And yeah. so I all of it plays in the doctor's hands too. They should yeah. have information there ready to hand out. And, and you can play a part in that by uh, making it your mission to bring brochures about programs and organizations um, to uh, your ophthalmologists. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> How would I go about getting those? Do I just contact um, ACB that I'm affiliated with? Yeah, you can contact ACB. Um, or what state are you in, Teresa? Virginia. Virginia. Okay. So, um, I would contact your state affiliate um, okay. and and ask them to, uh, you know, give you, the, I'm sure you guys have some brochures about um, your, your affiliate and uh, also, um, you know, um, there are resource guides now. Um, the American Foundation from the, for the Blind, AFB.org, has uh, tons of information about resources. Okay. So, so that would be, um, you know, for anyone out there listening, um, you know, this is a, when, when I was a youngster, <laughs> that's what, what we used to do. We used to go to different places and bring literature. Um, and okay, so if you know your, uh, if you know your the email addresses of people um, that you wanna send things to, then send the electronic information to them. Um, we just need to keep educating. I, I always say that until I die, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. That's just one of the hats that we wear as people with vision impairments. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, Livy. Livy. Livy dot Ostergaard. Yeah. 
at gmail.com. Uh-oh. That's what's on here, but livy.ostergaard. Um, you'll need to unmute. Um, okay, Livy, are you? You probably didn't get the got it button again. Yeah, that's possible. If you alt-tab, you can probably find that got it button again. Well, in the meantime, um, I'm going to uh, move on because it is getting late. And and if um, Liv, if you can finally unmute and pop in, that's good. Um, but I would like to um, know if anyone has given any more thought to... Um, particular book to read? Um, do you want to continue this, um, this call discussion group? Um, do you want to put it to rest for a while? Um, bring it up under a new category? What's the will of the people on this call? We have no hands. Oh, we got. We do now. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. Hi, Libby. Hi. Um. Well, for me, I think I'm going to have to bow out for a while because it's just I've got other stuff that it's pressing for me right now that I need to get taken care of. So, um. Okay. But I will say, uh, these two. Oh, and you were mentioning brochures. Mississippi State has a program for older adults, I believe, or to get information to old. I got a whole gob of big pamphlets. They were almost like little booklets called Getting Started with Vision Loss. And I've got a plethora of them. And I have yet to be able to get to take them over to our eye institute and uh, other places, uh, you know, so they could be put out. Of course, it, you know, it depends on your doctor and stuff and the, in, where they work. If they work like with mine, they work for the uh, Central California Eye Institute, which is a huge entity. And they've worked with C, uh, our CCB chapter before and been very, you know, somewhat cooperative. So that was uh, that's one uh, venue that we we know of right here. And I know there's another doctor, I think, that. Uh, I'm not sure who does the uh, the uh, intakes for voc rehab. I can find that out from our blind center or from well, Sarah because and 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 that's okay. But because people, it's a national. This is a national thing. But yeah, you know, another thing people can do is you can invite people that you would like to educate. You can invite, invite your them to meetings. your chapter meetings. Yeah, exactly. Um, invite them when you're having a special program. Um, and so, Livy, did you have any kind of overall what what you thought about the? I thought this book was absolutely fascinating, and yet it was kind of heady at times. Yeah, you know, uh, but there was so. I mean, I give this gal credit for even writing the thing because she had to go dig and dig and dig and dig to find all this back information and backstory and yada yada. So, because there was so much there, and mm -hmm. I'm I know that all of you had the same feeling that I did 
as we continued to read it, it was like, we're going, yeah, 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 because we could totally relate with what she was writing about, because it was about our lives, right? And what we deal with every single day. And um, it was very fascinating. And I learned so much. It was just very, very informative. And I'm glad we read it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have eight minutes and two hands. Okay. Uh, first hand is belongs to Nellie. Okay, Nellie. Okay. Well, um, I um, have um, um, not thoroughly read the entire book. I've kind of skipped around from chapter to chapter, but what I have read um, has been um, um, very um, informative and um, um, certainly um, uh, Francis Kessler, um, you know, it's an enormous job well done of what she did to compile all this information. Mm -hmm. And, um, but uh, in terms of, um, you know, continuing this call, I think we should continue this call and um, and continue to read um, books that um, relate to um, empowerment of um, uh, blind people and um, about um, different things like um, you know legal legal rights and inclusion and um, education and all of the uh, and employment and all of the things that we um, um, are involved in and need to be uh, involved with and um, um, with a little bit of uh, research on the web I think we can you know come up with a, a bibliography of of relevant books that we can all enjoy and learn from um, you mentioned last week about the um, um, book by Lanny Feingold um, about a structured negotiation. Um, I, I started reading it and uh, I found it um, 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 understandable. I was worried that it might be yeah. um, full of legalese and be kind of over my head, but it's not. She did a, a really good job of of writing her book and getting the concepts across in lay language. So um, that's certainly, um, you know, one possibility, but, but there's others out there. So I think we should continue. Which uh, book, which, uh, where are you reading that book from Bookshare or from Bookshare. Bard? Bookshare. Bookshare. Yeah, I wonder if that version's available on Bard yet. It is. The new one? Uh, yes. Um, and, uh, and I think she reads it. It's, it's oh. very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, maybe we'll go ahead and do that. Okay. You have five Thank minutes you. and one more hand. Okay. Uh, Beth? Beth? Yes, I think we should continue this call, and, and um, I agree with everything Nellie said. Uh, you know, books 
like we have been reading about empowerment, well, the history of stuff and and empowerment and um uh, you know for blind people being able to to work against what they what they have to deal with. In a lot of cases, I feel like a salmon swimming upstream because <laughs> you don't get no no help from your state. And um, yeah, well, and and, and to f to be able to read these things that do um, help us be empowered, um, I think you know that's helpful. Yes, that if you can't get help from your state, you where can you go? You know. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's how I got involved with ACB. That's what I'm telling you, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret it. I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. We're glad you're here, too. Okay, any other hands? Uh, no more hands in four minutes. All right, so now I have another question. Um, shall we start next week? with reading structured negotiations or shall we take a, a week or two off? This is Nellie. Uh-huh. Um, I think we should keep our momentum going because um, if we take a break or a longer break, then other calls will fill in and then we all get busy doing stuff. And so I think that um, while the interest uh, exists to, to do this, uh, we should uh, take advantage of the opportunity and continue. All right. So for those of you in ACB media land and on this call, get your books downloaded and we will begin reading structured negotiations. Uh, and I'll send the information out in the um, in the uh, ACB community news. And uh, thank you, Nellie, I appreciate that. Um, so for everyone who has been involved, if you haven't completed the unseen minority, I hope you will con continue and, and uh, complete it. Um, if you have other book suggestions, send them to me through Cindy at community at uh, acb.org. Um, and I would like to thank Larry for streaming. Larry Gassman, thank you very much. I'd like to thank Diane Scalzi for being a wonderful host. I appreciate all of you and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you very much. <laughs>